1: Only from Rustolium. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio
2: station, Talk Sport.
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy discuss the pressure on Pochettino at Chelsea and how FFP will affect them. We look at Sir Jim Ratcliffe's plans for Manchester United to create the Wembley of the North under plans for a spectacular new Old Trafford. And IFAB are now discussing proposals for referees to be given the power to stop matches for official cooling-off periods... So are players ready to be sent to the naughty corner? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Chelsea tonight, Danny. um, They're looking to bounce back from the weekend's defeat to Wolves. They're at Villa tonight. FA Cup fourth round replay. It's live on TalkSport. Pochettino has said he has received, quotes, a very good text from the club's owners insisting everyone at the club is in this together. I mean, you wouldn't expect it any other way. Does he need a text to be told
2: that? Um, not necessarily, but I suppose it always helps if you're getting some support from upstairs and he can then publicly say it to so shut a few people down and stop answering, the, you know, having to ask, answer the question, I should say. Um, it's a big game for him tonight. They got, In fact, they've got a few big ones coming up. Yeah. The next three or four games are really big, including the cup final against Liverpool. Um, he needs some results because there's a lot of discontent.
1: There is I you mean know. there's a message Danny I'm a Chelsea fan but I am already resigned to Chelsea not progressing to the next round of the FA Cup tonight. We will go out. So there's pessimism
2: in various quarters. Well, they have got they've they've got players who are capable of winning any any game. They don't they haven't looked for a little while like performance at those levels, but they've got the capabilities. They're not going into this game at Villa destined to lose I mean that's ridiculous I mean it's Chelsea fans are obviously a little bit negative at the moment for what they've seen especially in the last week a hammering at Liverpool Wolves go down, and score four past them do you know it's, it's strange football because I was saying this to someone the other day I, I saw all the games Sunday so I watched Chelsea Wolves in its entirety games of football to, in, in isolation that game Chelsea were probably just the better when they went 1-0 up they find themselves 2-1 down through through two deflections and all of a sudden, the mood changed like that. Yeah, the fans become anxious, it transfers to the players. Wolves gain confidence, start thinking they're there for the taking. And the difference in a 3 minutes, four-minute spell at 1-1, where Chelsea were probably still the better, it was unbelievable. I mean, Wolves were great, like, you know, they, they really did put them to the sword when they, when they got the tails. Yeah, but the...
1: you're right, Danny. When you see the scoreline, far from the
2: whole story. Yeah, and I I think, look, Chelsea are just in a... It doesn't matter who went in there really, unless it was Pep, maybe... But anyone else, they get they sack Poch now and bring someone else in. He's still dealing with the same players and the same mm. problems. They bought potential. It's never yeah. been done. I've ne- no. I don't. Can't think of an example. of Any club has ever spent that much money on potentially good players well, rather me, than uh, ready-made. Reports this week suggest Chelsea are concerned that sacking Pochettino
1: at this moment would put them in danger of breaching uh, Premier League profit and sustainability rules. Well, I think
3: that's just a stupid analysis. Really? I mean, the club have spent a billion quid. And you're suggesting that a £10 million payoff is going to be the reasons why they breach financial fair play. Mm. I think that's just a silly analysis. Yeah, but they're at the limit already, are they not? Well, who knows? Who
2: made
1: the analysis? Well, have a listen, Simon. Your best friend, Stefan Borson, uh, former uh, financial advisor to Manchester City, was talking to us about Chelsea.
2: In my mind, there's certainly trouble on the horizon. uh, And they will certainly fail financial fair play uh, for the current season, unless... Uh, And it it seems to me very unlikely that by the 30th of June this year, they sell well over £100 million of players. But the window that they can now do that is going to be very small because the season's going to finish and we've got the Euros. So if you look at someone like Gallagher, Gallagher's going to be in the Euros from the 14th of June. So if they want to ship Gallagher before the 30th of June, they've got to move very, very quickly. And again, the likely buyers are going to know that Chelsea need to sell players.
1: So, Simon, I mean, they I don't want to sack Pochettino because they don't want to incur any extra losses.
3: Well, but that's a silly argument because if Pochettino is a waste of time and, and you can get someone in that can get you four places up the league you just put 10 million quid back on, on your income because you get merit payments. So if Pochettino is the wrong manager and is producing the wrong outcomes and you're going to suffer as a result of it in the Premier League, if you get someone in that gets better results, that gets you three or four places up the league, you've just got 10 million in merit payments and that goes into the neutral column of what you paid for it, what you have to pay him to go out the door. And you'd also structure his deal over a period of time on the way out so it wouldn't all hit the financial obligations of this season. So that's nonsense for a start. Stefan's observations about the inability to meet financial fair play are probably likely because their team is not qualifying for Europe. They're not producing any additional income of any substance. So the challenges are going to be that they have to look at how they're going to meet their financial fair play obligations. These guys aren't stupid. They're private equity guys. They might be be prepared, like everyone else is in football, to have ignored some of the consequences of financial fair play. Well, they're not looking very bright as we sit today. But uh, with due respect to the project, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm, They spent two and a half billion quid on a football club and maybe they've made some mistakes. Well, Henry Winter
1: in The Times is saying, can anybody be impressed by Chelsea under Bully's direction? He has to take the most responsibility. He's a private equity king in the US who's looking an utter amateur in English
3: football. Is Bully too arrogant to learn? Well, that's Henry's opinion. And clearly on the field, that supports that opinion. And clearly, with the backstory of Tuchel departing and Champions League winner, no one really is interested in why that would have happened and if they'd have been in that position, what they would have done with Tuchel and his behaviour. No one's really interested in the reasons why Bruce Buck and Marina left because they were all structured deals that were going anyway. No one's interested in those things. They're only interested in the fact that this guy's come in and cleared it out. He's an American, plaid trouser-wearing, doesn't understand the football world, buying players at top money, imbecile in their, in their view because it's very easy to make that situation stick. I'm not going to defend them because... I do think they've made classic mistakes. I do think they've overpaid. I do think this on is a... On potential. Well... Dan is right, But point. Uh, OK, well, uh, potentially, Liverpool bid £100 million for Carcedo. So, with due respect... Well, they that were, was ridiculous They as were prepared well. to pay that money. Yeah, but well, Liverpool... F- or Fernandez or Fernandez is still on Fernandez, potential. Fernandes was a World Cup winner. Other people were in for Madrid. Now, I find myself in this camp of defending... And Simon, Chelsea. To, to quote you, they made a horrible example. Not because I want to, but because I think that the the observations are unbalanced, and unfortunately, right now they're supported by the team's performance in the Premier League. Yeah, right. They're in the FA Cup, they're in the League Cup final, right. So with that in mind, the only thing that's supporting this argument is the ridiculousness of their position in the in the in the Premier League, which is halfway through a season might change. I grant you it's not good enough. I grant you that the oh, oh, overwhelming optics support the argument. But the only thing that Boley has done, probably wrong, is overpaid for players. Just a be- bit. Be- well, that- but that's his problem. That's his money. See, this is a Chelsea jealousy- it-
1: fan. Here we go again. Clear Lakes lawyer, a.k.a. Simon Jordan. Oh, shut up, you Wally. It's called a
2: different opinion. <laughs> It's called having a balancing view. I think the the real thing here is <laughs> the real big question at the moment that keeps coming up is about Potts' <laughs> future. The fact is, he's good with working with young players, and if you look at his history, especially his start, at te- his tenure at Tottenham, his first year wasn't that great. Mm. He does take time to implement his ideas and build up the the what, what the ethos of the team and all those things. He he's got a really young group. He's got some talented
3: players. But let's see where he is in the song. Whenever you ever heard... I mean, we hear the narrative constantly being peddled out through sections of the media about owners that don't invest in their football clubs. Mm. Now we've got the polar opposite. No, but got, this is almost to the ridiculous. I know it is. But we've now got the other yeah. end of the spectrum, which you cannot deny the man's no, investing in the football club. I agree. Oh, he's he happened, he's, I had a right. He, yeah. he, he bought a football club that 18 months ago, the same scribes in the media would be saying was existentially in great jeopardy. right? And 18 months later, it's not going according to plan. But with due respect to this proposition, it will take a passage... I didn't envisage it would go this way. I didn't envisage that this season they would be as bad as they are because I think they're an ugly team to watch. I don't think they're great on the eye. But I do think a lot of the I players that like they bought... I do think a lot of the players that they've bought... A lot of the players that they bought are players that other teams wanted. So when Sunez sits in here saying who are they listening to, they're listening to the same people. The only thing they're not doing... Is they're not paying the right money for these players. Right, right. What difference does that make? If the players, if they bought them for 25 million. So if they'd have have spent 75 million pounds less or 150 million pounds less and still stunk the place out, the argument would still be the same.
1: Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station,
2: Talk Sport. And then the other day, off the back of
1: that uh, defeat at home to Wolves, wife of Tiago Silva, Belle Silva posted on Twitter, uh, it's time to change. If you wait any longer, it will be too late. And that was taken uh, as a bit of a swipe at Pochettino and his style of management. Uh, She told um, her followers and that has subsequently had four million views and 31,000 likes. Pochettino spoke about it um, at his presser.
2: I'm not going to, you know, to talk about what uh, in the way that we were talking. The important scene, I think he came and wanted to talk with me and of course uh, do you know me after more than 10 years how I am we are very strong uh, coaching staff and very strong in our you know way to operate and in the way that we are and and of course uh, he came to talk we talk and I think uh, I don't want to that was private and that's it it's a private uh, things that keep for me
1: so, Simon, um, Bell Silva posts, "It's time to change. If you wait any longer, it will be too late." And then Thiago uh, gets in front of the Manchester. <clears throat> yeah, listen about that tweet. I mean, it's not it's not ideal, is it, from his point of view?
3: No, it's not ideal. I mean, we've seen it before, haven't we? We've seen Zinchenko's wife post something about the manner in which was treated at Manchester City uh, in some precursor to a wedding. Or I something. remember Do that. You remember that? Yes, um, and that wasn't yeah. particularly constructive either. Um, I well, What do you say to it? I mean, tiago has got a lot to say for himself as well, isn't he? Except on the field where it really counts. Um, and talking about what he shouldn't have to do and how players shouldn't have to do this and shouldn't have to do that. Well, what you should be doing is defending better than you currently are. Um, and your wife should be doing whatever she's supposed to be doing and not availing herself of what's going on in a football club with your employers. There's hmm. no constructive use to that. There's no need for it. There's no benefit in it. Everyone's entitled to an opinion, but... Um, it's not one that I think I would want to see one of my players' wife's voicing. in. No. Um, we've seen it before,
1: Danny. I mean, Aaron Ramsay's dad get involved. Uh, Harry Maguire's mum get involved when
2: Harry was copying it. Well, you know my views on, on the them. I, I find it bizarre that <clears throat> you would get yourself in that situation where a wife, partner, girlfriend, mother, brother, whoever, starts tweeting about your career and it, 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 politics at the club and who should do what. I, beyond my comprehension, because it wouldn't happen on my watch. And if it did, it only happened once. The irony is, is that Thiago Silva can say what he wants. He's had a wonderful career, and he's entitled. He he could he could come out and say what he wants to say because he's near the end of his career anyway. There's no real repercussions. I remember at Liverpool, one not quite publicly, but I remember something similar where one of the players decided we had a, a little party, all the new players and pre-season thing, and um, let's just say we had some adult entertainment and stuff like that, so um, oh, yeah. privately. And then privately. one of the players... Share it with He's us. a horror of human beings. <laughs> one of the players' wives decided to phone the manager and tell him how disgusted she was that we'd put her husband in this situation. Or oh, that he should not have
1: had to witness what went on. Yeah. Oh, and, right. And, and what went
2: on? Well, <laughs> more importantly, let's just say he, the point I'm getting to is he, ali- <laughs> he alienated himself. Right. saying what because the lads quickly went what are you doing what are you about yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that would happen the same with social media in terms of if Thiago Silva was 25 and planning a long career at Chelsea it would be more more relevant if she kept because what what's next yeah. is she going to tweet about I don't know Chilwell's poor defending if he has a bad game next week yes where, yes. Does, it, where does it stop? yeah, yeah You know yeah, yeah. what's she going to do tweet about Jackson missing a header at 2-1 that should have gotten back in the game against Wolves
1: yeah Wait, what? It was quite a a smart move by the Liverpool it, player, though, getting in first because what, his wife um, was bound to hear about go, it and go and say, what? "I tell you what, they put me through last night. <laughs> I've never quite." Seen-
2: yeah, he didn't. To be fair, he wasn't offended by that. He wasn't offended uh, by that. Well, um,
1: I, I I can see when you that get my goes, point, though. don't you? Yeah, if a player
2: yeah. starts, if a player's misses starts busying herself, it, it causes a problem for the player. Yes, where I'm going with it. But I mean, you didn't have social media. He was, media a, in your he was time. an idiot, anyway. Who? The fella involved.
1: The fella, or oh, this yeah. Liverpool player. Yeah, it wasn't popular, boy. Oh, he wouldn't be popular after that because it was all about bonding, wasn't it? Well, the same, you know, the, and same the, the same
3: bondage, person went the same wrong.
2: person's wife decided on a particular night out where, with partners, to and to to tell another Liverpool player that his defending had been absolutely atrocious and he needs to sort his off-the-field antics out wow and i'm talking about liverpool legend as well no. so the, the, the,
1: the, this is this, this is, is the same bit. fella's wife yeah yeah
2: right Where where is stuff.
1: this individual now and in, in what country is <laughs> then we might get a picture of i don't where. know where he is no 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 it just not left. in this country
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
3: World's most dangerous
1: download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio
2: station, Talk Sport.
1: So Jim Ratcliffe apparently believes the north of England should have a world-class venue to rival uh, the 90,000 capacity Wembley Stadium here in London Uh and could yet seek to lobby the government for funds amid Westminster's levelling up pledges. So um, the spiritual home is important, a source said. We think fans would be quite happy to accept a brand new stadium if we stay where we are. Do you know what this reminds me of? And I know you you take it as typical of me to put a kilt on this story, if you like. But years ago, Simon, at Celtic, there was talk that Celtic were going to move out of town and go to canvas lying an area outside Celtic. In came uh, the Scottish-American businessman, Fergus McCann, said, no i'll put money in we stay where we are mm. and they built a cracking stadium i mean celtic park these days is wonderful mm, for atmosphere yeah. and everything else that goes with it but they stage where they are is that the
3: secret stay where you are modernize it, well, what you've got well if it's if it's the best way to go i mean tottenham have built a stadium right next door to the previous stadium but built it from scratch didn't and have it the, yeah and, and there's no better stadium than than tottenham have built um and that will be because the infrastructure was built in a different way than the previous stadium so it depends on what you're trying to achieve as far as levelling up, people like Andy Burnham would have you believe that levelling up is, a, is an, and certainly in football, is a necessity. Fantastic. Take some of the government's money. How much did Wembley take then? They took 20 million from the DCMS and they took a small amount of money from Sport England. See how far that will get you then. I'm sure the government will give them about 50, 60 million quid. A stadium's going to cost 2 billion quid if they've got to buy land and redevelop and all that sort of stuff. So if there's an argument, and the the consequences of levelling up is all wonderful. Everybody wants that, and everyone wants part of the country to be beneficial. Watch your house prices go up. I'm trying to buy a house in Hull now, and I'm seeing the price of those houses from three, four years ago, from 400 grand up to 1.2 million, because people have changed the way they work. They're working for London firms, getting London wages by working at home. And of course what happens then is the prices go up. So this is not a levelling up argument. This is is whether it's beneficial, to have two stadiums that can provide facilities for international and domestic football. The Wembley argument, one of the things that underpins the value, it's not because I'm a Southerner, but underpins the value of English football in people's minds and creates the identity that we have, is things like Wembley Stadium, is the iconography that goes with the English Premier League Wembley Football Stadium. And it was built not for a domestic side, it was built for international football and to house domestic football at its highest level. Mm. This is a domestic football club, wanting to have government money when it's got owners that have just trousered a billion quid. Get lost. It's got nothing to do with getting government money from this. It's got nothing to do with levelling up. It's got nothing to do with patronising the North. This is a private enterprise which is solely for the benefit of Manchester United and its shareholders. So get lost with public money.
2: Yeah, yeah. Why so it's a they? nonsensical
3: story. Why should they? Saying. Well, it's a political... I mean, the argument that Andy will make is it's levelling up part of the government's policy for levelling up. right? But that's just a political argument. We're talking about a football and moral argument. But then and why, yes, Kim why Radcliffe, and yes, Glazers want to benefit and, 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 and enhance the football club. And that should be enhancing Old Trafford's But facilities. then if, you, yeah. if, if
1: you're an owner, would you not exploit levelling up policies of the government? Would Pop, you not exploit well, it? That's what
3: yeah, doing. Yeah, fine, but I'm not, having, I'm not having a politician tell me to do that. I'm not having a politician speak on behalf of the owners of the business. And well, why then, can't every they, club in the north get some money to level up them? Well, then you throw the argument back at them and say... Well, let's have it right then. The, how much of the Glazers... You want to have the argument then about levelling up. Why wouldn't the Glazers be responsible for levelling up Manchester United in stadium terms? Because they've just made a about two billion quid a killing. out of no money. Yeah, but well, I'm yes. asking
2: you, Chairman, Where's the logic then? If, if Why would they give it one club and not another?
3: Because the, what they'll suggest is that this club is building a stadium that will be able to house international and domestic football and separate and distribute But then another football. club might say will do that. I'm not against that. Mm. Well, then another club can come up with that proposition, can't they? So if another club can build a 90,000-seater stadium on a site that's already got 74,000, mm. then they can put their hat in the ring. But there aren't many clubs that can do True. that or True. have the facilities to do that. So that's the reason why this conversation is happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's in some state, when you think of it, if this is Old Trafford right now, the building is reaching at the end of its natural life. The cabling... Element, electricity supplies, everything is nearing its sell-by date. I mean, but how has it got to that? No wonder United fans take it out in well, the glazes. What long the heck time, have they it? been doing? Oh, I don't know about that.
2: I, I think mean, David Gill was on a podcast the other day talking about, he said the leak was roof from when we were winning everything, I think he said along the lines of. You know, people just find what or, or, they want to find. That?
3: Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have a leak in the roof. No, they it, shouldn't. It, and, and, about and a leak and stop the argument.
2: Look, but it needs ar- modernising because the thing is, with a, with a stadium like Tottenham's, I mean, Simon will know more than me, obviously, about this, but the, the funds obviously. they must... Well, financially, they mm. must get in God knows what from the American football, from concerts, well, from well, boxing. Well, look at
3: the turnover that Tottenham have got. Tottenham have got themselves into a position where their turnover is 550 million quid for finishing nowhere's view in the league. What percentage you of that would be off the field? Off, away from out? I mean, I mean, people ridicule and parody Daniel's propensity to get after uh, other revenue streams and put an F1 track or whatever it was going to be around the middle of the stadium and put Beyonce in there. But this is modern sport. It's not... You don't just turn on the lights once a week. This is what happens. You generate revenue from stadia. Look at Wembley. Wembley cost 757 million quid. 120 million of that was a structured deal of DCMS money, of Sport England money, which is part lottery funded, and London Development Agency, which are the people that were the developers who got a turnover. The rest was borrowed, and they've taken 15, 16 years to pay it back because they borrowed the rest of the money. And there's no reason, really, in commercial terms. I understand the argument. Why should football be centred internationally in the south of England. Well, it's the capital of the country, unfortunately. It's universally recognised around the world, London. And Wembley Stadium comes with that imagery. And Mm -hmm. as long as it's benefiting English football, and I'm not so sure that the idea that those clowns had three or four years ago to sell it to Shad Khan... Well, I was going to get to that. But it's save money. Is
1: it used often enough at the moment, Simon, Wembley? Well, I would suggest... Shad Khan thought multi-purpose of uses
3: well it's i think it's used pretty extensively i, I mean we're, to we're much ringing it as possible we can we've got playoff finals there we've got fa cup semi-finals there we've got league cup finals there we've got international games there we regularly throw our hat in there for european right, cup right. finals or champions league finals it's lost right. a little bit and, of
2: it i think it's lost a little bit of its iconography that kind of wow you know the fa cup final but, but everything does
3: in the end doesn't it if you if if, 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 if well, the thing that sells is scarcity but scarcity isn't available in football because you want to see it dawn till dusk. So now what we've got is a, is a football world that the media is saturating because it's a great product that sells well. Yeah. So that unfortunately, when we used to watch Saturday and watch the FA Cup final, turn up and see all the insights of the players, we now see that on an basis. on a regular basis. basis yeah. yeah. So as a new stadium, the greatest legacy any owner can imprint on a football club, Simon. The way is is, is Radcliffe oh, made the right noises side? here. I think a great I tell you what how, how wonderful is the legacy of the Stadium of Light when you're sitting in League 2 or 1 or wherever Sunderland were League 1 apologies Sunderland that's fans that's a very
2: good point Simon
3: so a stadium is a great thing to have and you always want to build a stadium and I tried to do it at Palace but we couldn't get the planning permission I was going to move it up to Crystal Palace National Sports Centre but it meant reducing the capacity of the stadium which made no commercial sense Right, and the difficulties of getting planning permission and compulsory purchase orders on the houses around the, house, around the footprint of the Palace was very difficult. If Parish has achieved something with the stand, then fantastic for him at Crystal Palace. I don't think it's a great, the greatest legacy if unless it's an economically powerful
1: model. Well, Daniel, it's not the greatest legacy if you're Farhad Mashiri. You're building a brand-new stadium and that you're not being spoken about in the highest possible terms well, that is for
3: sure unfortunately he's an exception that doesn't prove the rule if you can build a football team that's capable of embracing a stadium yeah then you will have an ultimate legacy yeah yeah. and that's what Daniel's challenges is at Tottenham Hotspur and that's what the next owners will be at Everton I would urge anyone to do it Google Fergus McCann
1: and have a look at what he did at Celtic Park a magnificent stadium Lionel Messi said it's the best atmosphere he can remember playing in in, in European football out with the new camp a phenomenal stadium and they stayed where they were they stayed where they were so Jim is going to do that but is he going to do it with government money? We'll keep across it.
3: Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest
1: sports radio station, Talk Sport. The people at IFAB, the organisation that makes football's decisions, are sitting um, sitting in meetings, virtually back-to-back meetings, all the time in Zurich these days. Because after discussions over sin bins, they've now moved on to discussing proposals for referees to be given the power to stop matches for official Quotes cooling off periods. If players are feuding or if tempers on the pitch get out of control, this is all in an effort to get better player behaviour on the field of play. But this is for real. This is no joke. IFAB are considering cooling off periods. Everybody, take a break in play. You calm down over there. You calm down over there, and then after a few minutes, we'll restart the game are we really talking about players being sent to the naughty corner on the field of play back in november ifab's chief executive the boss lucas brood told us that their organization's next big priority was tackling player behavior
0: it's a sport the football culture has forgotten that it is a sport it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be enjoy enjoyable it's uh, supposed to be joyful it's a a very important matter to us. We are starting to identify areas and potentially test areas um, of the laws of the game, of new laws of the game um, or recommendations or guidelines to make sure we we really combat this poor, poor part of the game, which is bad behavior, is unfair behavior, mass confrontation, uh, referee being, you know, Assaulted in grassroots level, amateur level. Uh, But what we see across the globe is a major problem and a major risk to the game. So as a football fan and as the CEO of IFAB, I believe that things have to change.
1: Now, Dana, you played the game. Can you imagine this? And they're serious about it. But it's because of dissent and players feuding on the field of play that's brought this about. So it's you, the players, that have really caused this situation in the eyes of IFAB. But that's what they're talking about, right? Calm down, you lot. Stand there, you lot. Stand there. We'll resume the game in a in a couple of minutes when you've all cooled down. That's what they're proposing. So what you're
2: suggesting is punishing those players who can be, even have the emotional intelligence to be disciplined and keep the cool. And we'll we'll make, we'll stop the game. We'll drop the passion levels. We'll try and make it really subdued so everyone's happy. And a content. cooling off period. It's absolutely nonsensical. It's ridiculous. They must have very little to do. They, they, they're they trying to justify their existence, it sounds like, by coming up with some of this crap. No, they're trying to
1: make you lot realise there's a difference well, between passion and abuse. As
2: I said earlier in the in the year, I, I was all for the beginning of the season. This, The referees dishing out cards to players who start remonstrating quickly, getting in the face, all for it. Get rid of the petulance. Going over to the, get booking the managers, booking the coach, booking the players. As soon as you're petulant, get them booked. And they're doing so it better. Go, go card happy. Just do your job properly as a ref. But you're against Sin Bins too. Because that is, look, football's entertainment. All you're going to get with Sin Bins, all you're going to get is one team and they'll work on it in training quickly. You're a player down, you drop off. You're just going to have training game. You'll have 10-minute spells in games where it's like a training practice. You'll have one team defending and one team attacking and everyone will just do it. You'll automatically fall into a low block to get through that 10 minutes. That's exactly what will happen. The other problem you've got with Simbins is you're just throwing more problems for the officials to, to throw it in the mix in terms of subjective decisions. And I'll give you Absolutely a quick right. example.
3: Absolutely right.
2: If I'm running in on goal, because professional fouls is one of these things they're talking about Simbins, you know, tactical foul they call right, it. Right, right. On occasion, they're very obvious when you someone's running ahead of you, you trip them up knowing you'll take a yellow to stop them. Fine, that's easy. What about the one where you're running with somebody and you clip them accidentally and they go over? It's a foul. What you're going to get is 50% of referees going, that was accidentally on purpose. and Another 50% going, not sure it was. Then a team is left without a player for 10 minutes because of this new initiative.
1: Because confusion reigns. Yeah, and then yeah. what
2: you're going to get is you're just going to get possibly 30 minutes of a game where one or the other team is sat as a low block because it's not like rugby, 14 against 15, you can get away with it a bit more. I know it's still relevant. One player less in a game of football of two teams with equal quality is hugely mm-hmm. significant. The whole dynamic of football will change, we Simbent. It will be an absolute joke as a spectacle. But
1: it gives the referee the authority that they need. They've
2: got it. they have got it already. They've got it already. They've got it already. And the best ones use it how really have well. they got it already? Well, let me ask you this. Well, how, many this season, how many times this season, how many times this season do you remember a free for all on the pitch where the ref lost control and actually we've got, we've got oh god he should be in the sim bin? Yeah.
3: I don't remember one. Well, this is the point I was going to make. I am absolutely in the camp of developing the opportunity to empower referees. Now, this is the other side of the argument where you start to give quangos and you start to give people in positions of influence uh, a, a reason to exist. They run right? the game. They're not quangos. We, well, it's IFA. No, they run. They implement the rules, and the rules are not universally accepted. And they're implemented in different ways in different leagues, including the implementation of VAR, right? So let's have that as a placeholder. The problem is is that when you look at the characterization, I don't believe that the players, I think the players in play behavior could improve. It's getting yeah. better. It's, it's getting better. Mile, it's a mile off that characterization. This is not a plague on our house, the players' behavior. This is nothing vaguely resembling what it was in the early 2000s, mid 90s, early 80s, where players felt it was their absolute gift to say what they want to whom they want. We are talking about these be- sorts of behaviors being exceptions. So the characterization of this fella at IFAB about this, bl- this you know, plague on the house of football that's ruining the game is is rubbish for a start. He's an idiot. Right. He's talking nonsense. The second, nonsense. Thing, is, the second right? thing is, there is nothing wrong with these guys kicking these ideas around, putting them into a column, right, yeah. strengths and weaknesses and outcomes, right, and opportunities and threats. A SWAT report and going, okay, we've kicked that around, that no, don't work, out it goes, right? Nothing wrong with that. No. There's everything wrong with these sort of ideas being implemented. It's for the birds. To suggest that you're gonna stop a high octane football game. So what are you gonna do now? You're gonna take the spontaneity out of goals, because you can't fix that problem with VAR. You're gonna take the spontaneity out of the game when the game's at high octane levels, and you're gonna put a sin bin in place. A player gets dissent, stop fanning about with the sin bin, give him a yellow card. And if he doesn't try it again, a, a red card. But end of the discussion. discussion over
1: in the field of play and the referee wants to cool things down. This is what iFab are talking about. What if it boils over? Danny kicks me, in comes my mate, he kicks him, well, he Danny's gets, mate's in. blah, blah, but blah, blah. But it doesn't happen very often. Everybody, but even, time, but even if it, it, it does... But even, they, even if it did... And, and also, come, if they implement this at the top question. of the game here,
2: grassroots football might benefit. Forget grassroots and Premier League. Oh, forget two, grassroots. No, How can you? Well, you don't forget... What? When I say forget it, comparing it. Because you're talking about an entertainment business which is worth hundreds of millions and of billions of dollars... Uh, Pounds at the top of the game that people got pay fortunes to go and watch. Simbin's at grassroots football. They do it in my kids, my boys' team. It it can settle, save sending a kid off. He goes off. Different for a emotional bit. no maturity, prob- different level of game. No problem, no problem. It works to a degree, even though all the kids do is they all drop off and defend again. Like but there's one
3: level of football not impact the other. Well, it yeah. doesn't act. It, yeah, but with uh, with due respect, and whilst we've seen an instance recently with a fella jumping on the pitch, we haven't seen many instances of uh, professional footballers walking up to a referee and breaking his ribs and punching his nose in and doing all that sort of no, stuff. No, but let's so, go back to the... So the ed- example that was, is set... Let me finish, Dan, and you take yeah, over. Sorry, um, sorry. What, what, the idea that everything that happens at professional football is mirrored at, at grassroots r- football, I don't necessarily agree. You want the best examples to be set. No one is punching referees on the face on a football pitch. So that argument that happens in grassroots football is not supported, but the behaviour of professional footballers should be better. This argument that if the referees have the prerequisite amount of authority on the pitch and people know that they have the authority and referees demand and command the respect of the players by having that authority and utilizing it properly you don't need a calling off period because these players will work it out pretty damn quick
2: well that's that's all i was going to say i mean the example you talked about jim where players are flying in and there's there's it's boiling over what behavior would produce an official or would make an, an official have a cooling off period that wouldn't also produce a yellow and red card the, the boiling well, over pit, the boiling over bit. If you come over and push me to the ground, yellow or red. You see, but this is what happens Where when, the when anything's
1: on? ever introduced to the game. VAR,
2: never going to work.
1: Bin it. Nobody said Simpons, that in the beginning, though. Never going to work. Bin it. Cooling no. off periods, oh, don't, you know, don't make me laugh. This is a reaction do you not, that happens do you, here but, but, but in this do country. You, do, do you, this is a really good message. You, Tell Danny Jim that the reasons that IFAB are looking at sin bins and timeouts is because player behaviour can be pretty horrible and abusive at times.
2: Well, let's name 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 one in the Premier League that's that, been horrible but that, but that's this a, that's a, that's a false As soon as a
1: ref gives a second yellow for shouting
2: at the ref, people like Danny cry that that's 10 versus 11 and it's spoiled the game. But no, we haven't. We've seen it this season. Players have been sent off in the same game for two yellows for dissent. We've seen it and we've backed it up and said, well done. But, and it's stopping. But what it's you're tra-
3: trying to engineer is a culture where you don't need SIM bins and you don't need to send people off. And if you're going to do that, then you need to have the ultimate authority. And what you're doing is confusing it. And then you're conflating an issue by suggesting that whatever happens in professional football always mirrors itself at, at, at grassroots. And then what you're saying is the characterization is football's out of control. And its biggest plague is player behaviour. No, it's part of challenges that football has. And there's nothing wrong with kicking these ideas around. And there's nothing also wrong with suggesting that, hang on a second, I was in favour of VAR. I still am. I think it's not worked the way it should do, and I think that IFAB are in part responsible for that. Right? And I look at these sort of ideas, and I don't just look at them and go, crap, and move on. I look at them in the rounds and have an analytical perspective and go, makes no sense. What you want to do is empower referees to control the pitch. And if referees are controlling the pitch properly, then these things will be nominal in, in terms of their frequency.
2: Mm. But also, a cooling it seems off. A great Jim, cooling... something needs
1: to happen at the top to filter down to grassroots.
2: Cooling off period basically says to me that you're not punishing the offenders you're giving them time you're to are it you're indulging their behavior so what i said at the beginning is true those who can behave jim if you've got a team of players that behave correctly and don't abuse the referee the team that's behaving badly gets a bit of time to calm down well where's the fairness in that I know, but it never
1: stops. I mean, we heard Chris Wilder... Give me an example day, in the t- Premier you know, League. ...talking about a official who disrespected him by eating a sandwich in his company. I mean, it's well, all, so all about respect. There's, there's not enough respect. I, mean, I think we are you agreed that there's respect. not enough respect. You have
3: to demand and command respect. And in part, we are all complicit in enabling disrespect because every single show that constantly harps about individual decisions made by referees that are, are not accurate, every time a player's behaviour is condoned, oh, he's a good player, he should be able to get away with it because he's a good player... Every time the game condones those sort of things, you allow the culture of disrespect to manifest itself in people getting away with things they shouldn't. If referees referee games properly with authority and then the media allow them to do it rather than suggest that referees are becoming mm. little Mussolinis, then you get a characterisation <laughs> that's different. This is not common sense. This, so is, is, this is overthinking the problem. You'll
2: never stop bad behaviour, overzealous and overpassionate players behaving badly. What you do is you punish it. You won't stop it, you punish it, and you punish it quickly and efficiently, and that's it. No cooling off periods. Well, then then you're condoning good behaviour by letting them time. What what we saying? No, Gon- sin, no sin bins. Sin bins is the most ludicrous decision, uh, the most ludicrous idea. We should have a sin bin for bad broadcasters, shouldn't we? No sin bins. There'll no, be, no, be no one's to do the to Exactly. <laughs> well, there's Chris. He's very much
1: in you, the, your two camps. Um, hi, guys. The referee. What's going to happen there? Will he play whale noises and light aromatherapy candles <laughs> yeah. during, yeah. during the cooling off uh, period? Yeah. I don't know. But let's put it out there this morning. Lucas Brood, IFAB's chief exec, says player behavior at times is out of control. Well, let, give and us they're some discussing, examples, here, next month, they're discussing a proposal for referees to be given the power to stop matches for official cooling off periods, this is what they're calling it if players are feuding or if tempers on
2: the pitch get out of control, a cooling <gasps> off period. Where are they discussing it? In a five star spa somewhere in Zurich where they're they all fly in on private it. jet. They're, they're discussing
1: it in their offices in Zurich, a cooling Ridiculous. off period. Are you having it? The world's most dangerous download, Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan please leave us a five star review, whatever you get your podcast from, we're back to Tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.